Coming up on today's episode of The Virtual Couch, we're going to dive into the world of online therapy with Hesu Joe, a fellow licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as the clinical support lead for BetterHelp.com. What's that experience like for the client? What are the pros, possibly the cons? And is there a place for dog ear filters for the client or the therapist? That and much more coming up on The Virtual Couch. Okay, uh, more email feedback before we get to the show. And this one is so good. This one is um, is my favorite. I know we're not supposed to have favorites. Each and every email is very important to me, just like all of my kids. But uh, you're going to like this one a lot. It says, Tony, and I did get permission from the uh, the author of this email. Tony, therapy is like a bathroom in the middle of a long run. They already have me right there. I've got plenty of stories about bathrooms in the middle of a long run. Uh, but the person goes on to say, just uh, just wait to let you know you're making a difference in my life. My wife first introduced me to your podcast a year or so during a rough period of time for both of us. Discussing your episodes has broken the ice for some much-needed conversations between us, which I'm so grateful for. I really am. Um, back to the email. That alone has been amazing. I'm using BetterHelp, thanks to you. I live in a small town. Let me just say, that would be betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. Please, please go there. If you're going to check, uh, take a look at betterhelp.com, please go to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. It really helps the podcast. But he says, I'm using BetterHelp thanks to you. I live in a small town, and the counselor options are slim. Plus, I never saw myself as somebody who needed therapy. I came close a few times to setting up appointments, but I always backed out. BetterHelp.com slash virtual couch is so easy. Before you can have a second thought, they have you matched up. I love that because the uh, that process is very easy on BetterHelp.com. The barrier to entry is so low. I've been using it for a few weeks now, and I know it's going to make a difference in my life. Now to explain my crude analogy. My wife and I are training for a marathon. During a long run, we were catching up, and I was telling her about my experience with BetterHelp. A few miles later, we were passing a bathroom. I tried to tell myself I could tough it out, and I didn't want to stop and break my rhythm. Boy, have I been there. One of these days, I'm going to tell a story about uh, why I hold a Strava record in the town of Davis during a one particular one-mile stretch of a half marathon that has to do with exactly this concept. But that will be a very vulnerable uh, story for me. Back to the email. But I tried to tell myself I could tough it out and didn't want to stop and break my rhythm. I told myself I was tougher than that, but I stopped. After, I ran faster, felt better, and was glad I stopped. Therapy is the same. I was telling myself I wasn't that guy and that I could tough it, and that I could tough it out. Now that I'm going, I feel better, and uh, it's worth the brief pause on life. Keep up the good work. So thank you for that email. Again, these are coming in pretty regularly now, and I'm grateful for that. So please go to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. And uh, just know that uh, that BetterHelp.com, over 500,000 people have already signed up, done this before you as well. Um, they're going to BetterHelp.com slash virtual couch, getting the help they need, even the help that they didn't know they need, as we learned about in this email today. There's a broad range of expertise in the counselor network that might not be available in local areas. Uh, it's available for clients worldwide. You can log in to your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You get timely and thoughtful responses. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, even though my waiting room is very nice. I will admit that. But uh, but some some aren't, or you you might you don't want to run into somebody you know. But BetterHelp will assess your needs, match it with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can often start communicating in less than twenty four hours. And uh, they also have scholarships, so if you are struggling financially but you really want that help, um, BetterHelp.com slash virtual couch. Go through there, sign up, and uh, you will find out that there are a lot of um, options for you on BetterHelp.com slash virtual couch, even if you are struggling financially. And uh, and I actually have coming up later this week. I have one of the um, a, a kind of a big deal at BetterHelp.com, and they're coming on to talk about the whole um, experience of BetterHelp. And I'm really excited for you to hear that interview. It, it, it's it's going to sound a little bit advertising, but man, we get into the nuts and bolts of how it works and uh, signing up for accounts and the way the therapists work and all that. So I'm I'm really excited to share that interview coming up later this week. Uh, there's a special offer for Virtual Couch listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. So what are you waiting for? Go sign up today. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to episode 150, the big 150 of the Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father, four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of the Path Back, an online pornography recovery program that is helping people like you reclaim their lives from the harmful effects of pornography. If you have ever said that's it, this is the last time I am looking at anything like that. Don't you owe it yourself to check out the Path Back? Find out what hundreds and hundreds of people just like you have discovered that pornography can, in fact, be something that you put behind you in your past. Trust me, it can be done in a healthy, cup-filling, strength-based, hold-the-shame way. Then please head over to pathbackrecovery.com. There you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography. Again, that is pathbackrecovery.com. 
And please take a second and visit the Virtual Couch on Instagram. That is at Virtual Couch. And you can now find a Virtual Couch page on Facebook. And there's always the Tony Overbay Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist on there, uh, that page as well. But last but not least, stop by TonyOverbay.com and sign up there to find out more about a lot, a lot of really exciting programs, things, books, all this stuff that is coming very, very soon. And if you leave a review on the Apple Podcast app or on Spotify or the Google Play Store, just leave it and shoot me an email at contact at TonyOverbay.com with your mailing address. And uh, let me know if you're interested in a virtual couch magnet or a virtual couch sticker, and I will send it on your way. All right. Hey, I can't wait. Let's get to the today's show. Okay, before we get to today's interview, I have been dying to share this with you, and I feel like this this will set the stage for today's interview. Stay with me here for a minute. So I want to read you an email exchange that occurred not too long ago in my office. So long ago, I transitioned away from paper notes, and I take notes now on my iPad with my Apple Pencil, and my iPad received texts, and I promise you, my clients who listen, that I'm a pro. I am present. I am dialed in in session. It is barely a distraction. But if one comes in, as a matter of fact, I have possibly become too good at not focusing on my text coming in on my iPad because I am getting more and more behind on my text. But that's a whole other story. But on this particular day, it was a morning. I had someone in front of me and they're sharing a pretty heavy story and I'm being there. I'm being present. I'm being a good therapist. And I get the following text exchange. Now, let me be clear. Everything has been approved for sharing with, uh, with the couple that I'm about to share about. With that said, of course, I will not be identifying who the senders of these texts are. But, uh, but you'll see. You'll see. Here goes. So here is the first text from the husband. Good morning, cute girl. I love you so much. Have an awesome day. You are getting so much done. I am proud of you. And uh, so I see this come through and I barely pay attention. I honestly barely pay attention. Again, this is just a text coming through at this point. No big deal. Although I did think for a second. I'm like, well, why, why did I get that? But, you know, your brain's kind of focused. You're, I'm in the moment. So the wife then replies pretty quickly. Thank you, sweetie. I'm going slow, but it's getting done. I love you so much, too. Thank you for all you do to help me. Um, are you too tired tonight too? And then there's a little playful emoji. I'm not really sure exactly what it is. And then the wife immediately follows up with the words snuggle question mark with the same emoji. And now I'm not going to lie. Now I'm semi paying attention because I'm starting to think that these folks definitely don't know that they are replying to a group text that we had about scheduling issues from a week or two earlier. The husband then replies right away. I would love to. And uh, there was a very nice, happy, heart-faced, kissy-faced emoji, love emojis. The wife then immediately replies with, yes, with a bunch of A's and a bunch of S's. And then it too has love emojis and kissy-face emojis. And then the next pic comes through. The husband sends a picture, and here's where things get real. I'm a little worried that the pics may start flying, and I don't know what these pics are going to be. And I think I know this couple well enough that they probably aren't sending those kind of pics, but still... I really don't want to see something that will cause me to never quite look at them the same again. But then the pic comes through and it's an animated GIF, or I've heard some of the people call them GIFs, but an animated GIF, and it is a cartoon cat cradling another cartoon cat, and the cartoon male cat is kissing all over the cartoon female cat. And then here's where the fun starts. It wasn't very long after, where then the next text from the wife says, oh, dot, my, dot, gosh, dot, Tony. Several, several exclamation points. Then the husband, oops, sorry, Tony, and then the wife with the best line ever, probably the big reason why I'm reading this today, the line says, she says, proof that therapy is working. So yes, folks, therapy does indeed work. And uh, while this was not exactly online therapy, it is in fact, that is the topic today, online therapy. So I thought that was a nice segue. So recently you might've heard a lot uh, or noticed a lot of betterhelp.com ads on my podcast and quite frankly, on a lot of different podcasts. And that's because betterhelp.com is working. People are flocking to betterhelp.com and please I hope whenever you hear betterhelp.com, you think betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. Because if you do want to go check it out, please just click or enter betterhelp.com slash virtual couch because you will get 10% off your first months of their services. But again, the service is working. And when I first brought betterhelp.com slash virtual couch on as an advertiser, they had some talking points that they said you could use in your ads. But so far, I've only used those a couple of times because in the less than the two months that I'm having them on as an advertiser, I received several emails from my own virtual couch listeners talking about the difference that betterhelp.com slash virtual couch has made in their lives. And I've shared those at the beginning of some of these episodes. You probably heard one today. Matter of fact, I think the one today is hilarious. It's about, I think, comparing, uh, is it comparing therapy to a, a bathroom during a race? Um, so if you skipped through it, I would really uh, go back and listen. It is, it really is a good email. So while this might be appear, this is going to appear to be an extended ad and I'm aware that's what it may appear to be. I promise you it's not. Um, remember the difference in me talking about betterhelp.com slash virtual couch over, I think, other podcasts 
is that I am a real licensed marriage and family therapist. And I have been overwhelmed literally by the amazing, wonderful, touching, heartbreaking, you know, heartbreaking emails I get on a daily basis. And we're talking multiple emails on a daily basis from people who have simply become aware of mental health issues or challenges in their marriage. Um, they've learned about new skills, whether it's emotionally focused therapy or acceptance and commitment therapy. Uh, a lot of people that have learned about things like gaslighting or even personality disorders like narcissism, or we've talked about borderline personality disorder. I continue to get emails from people who have, um, uh, they, something struck them from the, the OCD episode or from the migraines episode or any of the, the guests that I've had that have talked about anxiety and depression. So I get a lot of those emails simply from people who are listening to virtual couch. So, um, I'm so grateful for those, but I, I also then it, it kind of sometimes breaks my heart because a lot of those talk about, they say, do I know a therapist in, and it's somewhere in, in a state or anywhere that I'm not really familiar with the therapy there. And so I typically will try to try to reply back and say, man, I, unfortunately, I don't really know anybody in that area, but you know, really get on and look at, uh, it's hard because a lot of people don't leave online reviews for therapists because there's still a bit of a stigma there. So, so I think that, uh, betterhelp.com slash virtual couches is doing a wonderful job. Um, just helping people who don't feel right for going to a therapist. I mean, if it's, if, you know, they maybe don't want to go to a therapist in person or, so if that's you, if you're struggling to go to a therapist or if you live out in the boonies or overseas, or you have a schedule or a life that causes you to have challenges, finding the time to go. Um, if it's a challenge to find babysitting, or if your work schedule is hard, or you're worried about bumping into somebody that you know in the waiting room or anything that stops you from seeking help, then I want to encourage you to try betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. And so I wanted to get somebody from betterhelp.com on to simply talk about the site, the process. So if that is something that you're still unsure of, whether or not you're up for reaching out to somebody online, or even going to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch, then I hope that this will help. And if you're even just curious about the world of online therapy. Um, my, that I interviewed Hesu Joe. She's a fellow licensed marriage and family therapist, and she is also the clinical support lead for betterhelp.com. And she was wonderful. She was fantastic. She covered so many things that I think a lot of people have asked me about, both in session and through email, about what the online process could be like for therapy. So, uh, and quickly, we had a few audio difficulties. So this is one of the first episodes that I've ever really spent time editing. And uh, first of all, let me say, I'm so kind of fascinated by, I have a lot of people talk about these satisfying videos or satisfying sounds, or, and I want to even do a podcast on them. So I know that that is a thing. As a matter of fact, uh, over the weekend, uh, heading down to do a little paddle boarding on a lake that is nearby. And I have the family unit there. I've got uh, my daughter's boyfriend to get another shout out to E. And he's watching the turkey be cut um, at a sandwich shop. And he just said, man, that is satisfying. And I sit there watching. I'm like, man, that kind of is. And I said, should we get one of these big slicers for the kitchen? We could just like cut turkey all day. Um, but anyway, I digress. So watching satisfying videos. So uh, boy, editing the video, editing the audio, editing the audio is, uh, it really was satisfying. So I tried to jump into the file and get rid of anything that was inaudible. And then I tried to match sessions together for continuity. But uh, I say that because if you hear anything that isn't just 100% smooth, like a little change in pitch or a little bit of a hitch or that sort of thing, just know that it's probably somewhere that I had to try and edit. And uh, that, uh, you know, we didn't really edit out any content. We just tried to make things, get rid of anything that was kind of hard to hear. And I think it, uh, I think it flows. All right. So with that said, let me get to the interview with BetterHelp.com's Hesu Joe. Uh, Hesu, thank you so much for joining me on the virtual couch. No problem at all. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. I, I have just so many questions about the whole concept of behind betterhelp.com, online therapy. But before I even go there, tell me a little bit about you. What's your background? You are a fellow therapist, I believe, right? Yes. Um, I'm actually a fellow, fellow licensed marriage and family therapist um, here in California. Nice. I have been practicing for as a marriage and family therapist for five years, but I've been working in the field of mental health for over 10 I'm not really sure what else you want to know, but I'm kind of an open book. I just need someone to turn the pages. <laughs> I can turn them. I can do that. So what uh, do you kind of have? Do you have a, a area of expertise or, or a specialty? I think probably when you speak to a lot of therapists, you may find that what they intended to make their specialty did not end up being that way. And okay. kind of yeah. fall into various things and whatever it is. I'd like to think that I specialize in working with folks that are struggling with symptoms of anxiety, um, having issues with family relationships. Uh, but what I have found is that a lot of my real life and firsthand experience and knowledge has helped and come up a lot in my own practice. So I have found that I do work a lot with other Asian American individuals okay. who've had issues um, navigating life because of multi-generational and multicultural implications and struggles and challenges within their families and their relationships and their outlooks, perspectives of the world. I wouldn't say that I have any one 
clinical focus. I try very hard to work with anybody that comes to me. Uh If I do find that there is some strong reason that we may not be a good fit for each other, that's something that we'll discuss. But I do try to be very open to all kinds of different people coming to see somebody to get some additional support. Gotcha. And then you said you worked in the mental health field for 10 years but, and then therapy for five. Uh, is that what you, what else did you do in the field? Um, so I've worked with you know, kids on the spectrum okay. um, and their families and doing various behavioral coaching type things within the school setting and day treatment facilities. Um, I've also worked in research labs. So studying the efficacy of various therapy modalities for various individuals diagnosed wow. with this and this and that. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of dipped my toes into all kinds of different places to see yeah. what I wanted to do. what did you find out in the, so I love, I, I mean, I, I haven't done a lot of research. I love to, I, I like to think I'm a nice evidence-based guy. So any, I don't know, what'd you learn in that field as far as research and different modalities or what's something that, that you found interesting or you didn't know before? Working in the research space for me personally was, it was both interesting, but also limiting because you know when you're in these places where they're looking for participants for a controlled group Uh um, you're getting kind of specific types of people that volunteer their time to do something like this and so I found that it wasn't always reflective or I didn't feel like it could be reflective of the general population especially being part of a minority group myself I always felt while I was working in these research labs well you know all the participants coming in are from a particular kind of demographic it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to take the findings from this study and say that this is how human nature is with okay. so many different cultural implications for people. Also working in the research space, I think it's a great option for those that are very much into analyzing data, which I am not. I'm not a very numbers focused person. Statistics is not really my forte or cup of tea. But working in research is really interesting because it's really hard, I think, to quantify or standardize human behavior and the nature of the psyche of so many different people. Yeah, um, We want to be able to generalize all these things and say like, well, if you have this sickness, then this is the kind of medicine that you will need. But as you probably already know, that's not always the case when somebody is struggling with a mental or emotional oh, um, yeah. issue. Yeah. yeah. So, so much well, I think that there, yeah. right, right, right. There's so much value and things that we can learn from the research space. I just found that it wasn't really something for me. You know, I had a client this morning who was saying, uh, we were talking about mindfulness and watching his thoughts. And he was saying that he feels like watching his thoughts is the same thing as telling somebody to just act normal. You know, that they're, if, if he's watching <laughs> thoughts, then he's going to think about the thoughts that he will be watching. And maybe he'll think different thoughts, just like, so I'm wondering, I'm kind of wondering if that was then what you're saying, you saw some in, in research. So if somebody's coming in to volunteer, then I don't know if they're, they're the person that is willing to come in and volunteer. Is that, is that a whole different, uh, maybe experience in right out in the wild, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I was working at a research lab at a large university and a lot of participants for the study are actually students in an undergrad psychology program. And it's a requirement for us to participate in these studies. And I think that's a way for, you know, PhD candidates and uh, professors themselves to even have enough participants to make this a study worth looking into because you know if you have five participants how valid are your results so right. in order to get the numbers up you're going to have different ways and creative ways to try to get more people but if it's all psychology undergrad students that were required oh, to do fun. this yeah. i think that is already going to have some kind of effect on the outcome of anything you know you might have students there that don't want to be there they're just doing it in order to get a grade for a class yeah. Um, might also have students where whatever it is they're studying is not really a challenge or an issue for this person in the first place. You know, like you said, the kinds of people that are volunteering their time to do something like this are going to be maybe inherently different than those that don't volunteer and those that are really struggling with something in an isolated way. And, you know, the other thing is like you're gathering information about people in a very controlled environment, whether that's an office strategically placed in some university building or... <laughs> You know, you're like you said, you're not really experiencing these people in the wild. It's yeah. a very, very specific setting. Well, and I like, like I said, I think that, um, there's a lot of value to be had. Well, I like what you're saying that it, it creative ways too. I mean, if, if they also get a drawstring bag and a you know and a cookie, then maybe they're just coming for the the cookie <laughs> or the drawstring bag, right? Um, right, right. Maybe it's not that that bad. Hey, this is perfect segue, even if uh, maybe into the because I know with BetterHelp.com, you guys have a library of data or materials or handouts or so. Uh, is most of that things that you guys have compiled on your own, or are they things that you you gather from outside sources? 
So I think you may be referring to our library of worksheets. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Available for counselors to use with their clients. Yeah. Um, And all of the worksheets, yeah, the worksheet content is all generally sourced from other resources. We do partner with a company called Therapist Aid and they build a lot of that content and we take the content and turn it into an interactive worksheet that can be used within our platform. Okay. Um, Therapist Aid has their own team of people dedicated to research and development, making sure that these worksheets are based in evidence-based work. Mm. Um, so they're not just making worksheets up out of nowhere. They're not pulling information out of the sky. Um, they're looking at existing literature, research, and metadata to make and provide, hopefully, content that is helpful, beneficial for clients and their counselors to use. Well, and they have it. I mean, I feel like it's one of those things where as a therapist, when I was kind of looking at uh, the the library of those, whenever I think to myself, man, I got to up my handout game, you know, then I'm thinking, mm-hmm. right, this, uh, these, these are good. So, all right. Do you mind if we kind of jump into the, the betterhelp.com story? I mean, I really am curious. I want to hear how you got there. I want to hear um, anything that you're, you can talk about of how it got started. I mean, I, I don't know the whole story. So right, I love- and I'm, I probably only have bits and pieces of the story as well. Okay. Um, BetterHelp was founded in 2013 by Alon, um, who is our founder and president and co-founded by um, a colleague that he had been working with named Danny. And I do believe his personal story is available somewhere online. Okay. I don't want to get any of it wrong. So really briefly, he had his own experiences in life and he wanted to find a counselor because he was struggling for something. And he you know, ran into a lot of the roadblocks and challenges that I think many people will face when looking for someone to work with. They got to be on your insurance panel. They got to have the right schedule to align with yours. And being a busy professional, sometimes that's very difficult if this private practice's office hours are about the same time that you're in office as well. I think he was just thinking about all these barriers, logistical barriers that get in the way for people to engage in a therapeutic relationship with someone. And I think he's always kind of worked in this entrepreneurial business space, whether that's tech or not. I believe the idea just came to him in a personal time of looking for help and having a hard time finding it. Why not make it easier for people to do that? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where the idea came from. And then the rest is history, right? That's, right. that's how we ended up where we are now. <laughs> no, and it's been good. I mean, I, I, so, and I, of course, in the beginning of the podcast, I'm sure I've gushed about, uh, my partnership with betterhelp.com as a, as a advertising partner. And in even the, I'm getting, um, reviews and emails of saying that people that had never gone to therapy before, that it was kind of a safe way to dip their toe in the water. It's been really positive. So, um, how did you, how did you land there? Like many therapists out there, like new therapists, you know, I started in public sector right out of grad school and I had been working in social services for quite some time. And it is work that I really, really love and miss sometimes now. But at a certain point, you know, I just, I personally felt bogged down by a lot of red tape. Uh, There's a lot of bureaucracy involved in ensuring that people that need help can get it. Um, I felt like There's a lot of barriers to access, whether that's a financial barrier or a transportation issue. Working in social services, you're working with um, a lot of communities of people that are in lower socioeconomic status. So even getting to the therapeutic office may take them. I mean, it's a journey to get on the bus and to make sure you're there on time. And a lot of people are traveling very, very far, 50-minute session. Uh Um, A lot of individuals in these communities as well are working two or three jobs and it's just not realistic to think that they can take time out of their day to talk to somebody when really they need that logistically they also need to put food on the table and pay for rent and like figure out how to provide for themselves in life um so there's like a million reasons that i was starting to feel a little burned out and a little bit bogged down by the systems that be when it comes to public sector and mental health okay um and and i wasn't actively looking to change my career or anything like that. I know I wanted to stay in this world and just so happens I happened to see something online. Um, and I went for the position. I applied for something like this. Uh, it looked very, very different. And quite honestly, when I applied, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Okay. <laughs> I just, I just saw that this was a space that I could use my skills, my background and my education. And it was not tied to the County. Okay, oh, gotcha. <laughs> and so, right. yeah. So there what's, we go. what's your, there we are. Yeah, so what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Um, Hesu, like what's what your, do I not do? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so I've been here at BetterHelp for, um, a smidge over two years now or two years in a few months. And one of the most exciting things is that I don't ever really know exactly what's, what today is going to look like. And that's kind okay. of an everyday thing. Um, 
But on the daily, uh, a lot of what I do is very counselor facing as well as subscriber facing. So the individuals that are signing up for BetterHelp are internally referred to here as subscribers. They are the counselor's clients. So they're not our clients, right? They are the counselor's clients. I do everything from answering email tickets, you know, people having concerns about how to address some kind of clinical issue through the online format um, to, so that's like looking like consultation with counselors who haven't really done this before and talking about discussing, exploring ways with them, how they can translate their offline skills into this new you know, app. Um, uh, I'm also monitoring logs in terms of when counselors bring up concerns about whether somebody's appropriate for the online format or not. Um, there are situations in which online counseling may not be the best option for someone. So I work with the counselors in order to help them um, figure out how to get their clients into appropriate services if this is not the right place for them. What, what do you um, think? Also- yeah, what, do you, what, what are some examples of when that might happen? Sure. You know, if someone is actively in crisis, they mm. may want to seek out a higher level of care, whether that looks like something more like an intensive outpatient or an inpatient okay. unit. Uh-huh. Um, if someone is experiencing active psychosis, features of delusion, hallucination, I think it can be quite difficult to do something like reality testing when you're just texting with somebody. Sure. Um, there are various situations in which someone may benefit or require an in-person evaluation, like a full mental status exam. And there are limitations by doing this through your computer or your phone where a counselor would not have access to some of the things they would observe about you. Yeah. Um, I think a tricky one is eating disorders because I think there are a lot of individuals that suffer from the symptoms of having some kind of disordered eating, getting a lot of great help on this platform. Uh But I also think depending on what the situation is for you as an individual, you may want to consider something different because it could be recommended that you have a coordinated care team, which would require a physician, daily visits to somewhere, a dietitian, like monitoring your physiological symptoms here. So when you have some situation that is co-occurring with, I think, a physical illness, um, that's really hard for someone to monitor when they're not with you or to observe at least to provide notes to somebody else or whatever it is. I do think, you know, there's all these things that we're scared of there's liability and risk involved in doing anything like this but i think there's a lot of risk involved in being a therapist in the first place yeah so while i think that there are things that might be difficult to manage online i also think and believe that there are other counselors that can probably handle it just fine um and that's another thing that makes this so exciting is that there's a lot of uncertainties and a lot of space to explore in terms of um potential for growth, potential for what kind of benefit this could be to people that may not have access otherwise. Yeah. I like the way you're saying though. So if, if it does feel though, somebody, if you're the first uh, stop for somebody who's never even been to therapy and you feel like it would still be best for them to meet in person, you're going to say that you're not trying to keep somebody uh, uh, on the hook, I guess. Right. right absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Good. We want to make sure that people are getting Um, appropriate services for whatever that is. So we do encourage all the counselors to be mindful that this could be someone's very first interaction with a licensed professional. So no matter what the outcome is going to be, I think it's still important for all of us on the platform to um, provide that warm therapeutic experience for this person that may be using BetterHelp as a stepping stone to something else um, or may not. And so our prerogative here, I I don't think is to keep as many people on the platform as possible. I think it's to provide access and to also provide psychoeducation to folks that have never been exposed to any of this stuff. You mentioned it's like, I think you said something about um, BetterHelp is providing this like easy way for someone to get their foot in the door. Um, I think when you look at the offline therapy world, um, in a lot of cases, it still marginalizes certain communities of people mm-hmm. going to therapy for a lot of folks is still a privilege, right? It's either, yeah. um, accessible to you if you have a lot of money to spend, or it's accessible to you if you have government subsidized health insurance. And even then there's a lot of limitations to that and what you can do with it. Um, and then everybody in between is kind of, left to their own devices to either use the internet or some kind of their search mechanism to find some private practice office somewhere. Um, and then even then it can be very scary to drive to an office park in some space and like walk into this place and be expected to pour out your heart and soul and your deepest, darkest secrets and feelings and thoughts yeah. to someone that you've never met before. And, you know, 
having been a client myself in therapy, it very much feels like being put on the spot. Um, and I think I've witnessed with my clients on this platform and a lot of the other people that use this as clients is, you know, you have some time to kind of regulate yourself when you're behind your screen. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of folks out there that are going to counseling for the very first time may not even know of these concepts of emotional regulation or deep breathing even. This kind of gives, I think, people the space and time to exercise that stuff in the safety of their own home, in the privacy of wherever they are with a solid internet connection. So what, and so you mentioned, do you see clients uh, as well on the platform? Yes. So I do always carry a pretty small caseload um, just because most of my day is very much devoted to supporting the other counselors on this platform. Yeah. Um, But I do keep a small caseload in order to, I mean, big functions are to make sure I'm up to date with feature changes, the technology itself, like, I help test out features when it comes to like, let's say we're going to update some piece of how to initiate a phone session. Um, as an in-house therapist here in the office, I can help test that stuff before we roll it out to the other counselors. Um, and then, so that's pragmatic reason. The other yeah. reason I like, like to keep the load is because I still like being a therapist, you know, sure. I still like connecting with people in that way. And I like bringing my education um, and my training into it in that space also. And I've just, I've witnessed such powerful outcomes with my clients through this that initially I was actually really skeptical about. So it's been very rewarding in that way as well. Well, and do you mind, do you mind, uh, so you, so you, you know, you work, you work there in management, you also then see clients through there. So do you, can you kind of take somebody through, I know people are going to listen to this that are, uh, you know, they're maybe starting to get interested in, and checking out betterhelp.com. What, what is that process like? I mean, can you kind of just walk us through that? Sure. So I'll talk first from the client perspective. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about the counselor perspective, from start to finish, that, yeah. we could talk about that too. Yeah, but as a client, as well, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. As a client, um, you know, there's a lot one can be signing up for exploring different avenues to provide this for example, as like a benefit package through your employer or as a benefit package through the student health insurance on your university. So these are some of the ways that people come to us. But then we're first and foremost, a direct-to-consumer company, meaning anybody can sign up for this by just going to our website. Walk me through that experience when a client is uh, just just logging on to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. And then what happens? Right. Um, They're going through and they're going to be doing some kind of intake questionnaire. And we call that the funnel. It's going to feel like a funnel experience they answer question by question and we're kind of gathering information in terms of a snapshot of the last couple of weeks asking questions like things about like what your sleeping patterns are like has there been any changes in um your level of sorry i'm being thrown off now i'm so distracted by everyone around me i'm so sorry about that's this. okay no i i love the i love the vulnerability hasu that you know that is uh... <laughs> We were having internet difficulties, and so uh, you went out of your soundproof box, but um, committed to the interview nonetheless. Are you in the middle of like a, a cube farm, that kind of thing? Yes, okay. <laughs> that's exact, exactly right. I can um, so clients <laughs> are filling out an intake questionnaire, and we're asking questions about the last few weeks to gather information about where they currently are. We're also asking them in terms of symptoms because we try to use that when it comes to matching them with a counselor that has experience in these things. So if someone says that they're experiencing or suffering from symptoms of anxiety, we're going to want to match them with a counselor that has experience working with individuals suffering from the symptoms of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone is saying that they would prefer to work with a male counselor, we'll try to match them to a male counselor to the best of our ability. So we're asking all these questions, not just about symptoms, but things that they're looking for in a counselor themselves. I think a lot of therapists listening in will Think about your training and your education and how you do not have to be the same person as your client. A lot of folks are looking for someone that they are perceiving to have firsthand knowledge of their life experience. So while therapists may know, you don't have to be the same person as your client. A lot of clients are signing up looking for someone that has a similar background or life story to them. No, I love that. I will say that, you know, I just released my uh, second of a two-part episode today on my podcast about, I mean, me being pretty open about uh, ADD. In a, you know, inattentive type. And I feel mm-hmm. like that has been, um, that has been a good experience for people to know that that is something that I can understand. Well, I'll, I'll right. Know, right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I think if you look at like, you know, various things that exist in the world of substance abuse or substance use, we have a lot of peer coaches or peer support in worlds like that, because a lot of people that are going through that find that they can get a lot of support and help from someone that's experienced it themselves. So I think you do find that a lot of drug and alcohol counselors are folks that suffered from that themselves or are even in recovery now. And so I think it's kind of like this similar sentiment and feeling that clients signing up for counseling, they're looking for someone that's been through it also. And while you may not get a counselor that's been through exactly the same as you have, we are here to try to facilitate matching based on that as best as possible, which in a lot of settings is just not an option. Um, If you've worked in various places like you know, public sector, hospitals, clinics, agencies, sometimes changing counselors is not an option to you at all. And so that's one of the things that BetterHelp does try to make it much easier to do, which is to find a counselor that feels good to work with versus this is the only option that you get. You know, I'm always, I always say that uh, I remember in grad school hearing something about some data that said that the connection with the therapist is more important than the modality used. Am I making that up or am I like, uh, is that urban legend or do you know, is that true? Yeah, I I learned the same thing in grad school. And I think it just speaks to the humanity of what we do and the human nature of connecting with someone. I think I, you know, remember hearing about or reading these meta studies also that regardless of what theoretic approach you're using or intervention or whatever it is, if you don't trust your counselor or feel comfortable with them, it's going to be really hard to engage in the process anyway. So I got to start from there. But I, and I remember, uh, I I remember going to a training and somebody went overboard with that. And the therapist was saying, so if we have a bond, I mean, I could just sit there and yell at you all day and you'll, and you'll think it's amazing. (laughs) And I was like, I don't, I think he missed the point, but I mean, but I like what you're saying though, of matching somebody up that, uh, that you, so once you have that assessment, what I really like about um, even just the, the talking points on the ads that I read are people are going to hear someone uh, get back to them within 24 hours? Um, that's generally the case, yes. Okay. Um, the counselors are responding to messages within 24 to 48-ish hours. Um, but, you know, the counselors on this platform are independent providers. and. Okay. We're providing the technology and the venue for them to connect with their clients and manage their own practice. And so in general, the counselors do respond in this time frame. But if you're looking for a more immediate response or a real-time conversation, this is where now you can schedule a live session. And the live sessions can be um, done through video, through phone, or even a chat. So it's kind of like instant messaging that you would do back and forth with your counselor. And so what we have found is that this the messaging in between those messages where you can expect to get a response within 24 to 48 hours, um, that's to supplement the live sessions. And so okay. we have a lot of folks that are not utilizing the live sessions and still find a lot of benefit to connecting with a therapist and being able to talk to them in this way. But live sessions are still very much part of what we do here. And that's a bit more reflective of what you will find offline. Right. Well, and I love that because I mean, maybe this is my own uh, transference, but it, you know, I, I can, it can be hard to get back to somebody when you're, uh, you have a full practice and maybe you have a waiting list and they don't know that. And so, uh, right. you know, so I, I like that. Do you, do you find that, especially I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by the instant message, that kind of a, a session. Do you have mm-hmm. data that tells, is that a younger, is that the kids these days that are kind of doing that? Or is that just, does it lay out that, that neatly? Or is that just some people prefer to, to interact that way? I mean, it's across the board. I, I think okay. a lot of people would make the assumption that it's the younger folks that would prefer to do this chatting session, but it's, yeah. it's really all ages that we're seeing um, wanting to engage in this way. Like I said, you know, emotional regulation is something that I think a lot of people grow up never learning how to do or never even hearing the concept of um, just when you're in a heightened state, being able to tune into your senses and, yeah do the right things to help your heart rate go down, to help stop the perspiration, to help stop those things that make you feel like you're on the spot. I think a lot of people that have difficulties with that may opt for the text-based sessions because now they have opportunities to really think about their responses and to process what the counselor is saying versus kind of freaking out in the chair when they're sitting in front of this person that's expecting them to say something right now. Yeah. Okay. I have to ask this, uh, maybe I, and I'm glad I set this up with a little bit of the uh, ADD like thoughts, but so, <laughs> you know, do you have a, a therapist who's signing up? I mean, is it pretty important for them to be honest about their typing skills? I mean, you know, if you have a two finger hunt and peck typer, probably not the most effective for those back and forth. Right, right, right. So, you know, typing words per minute is not something that we're assessing during the counselor <laughs> vetting process, but we are definitely asking for writing samples from the counselors. Oh, I love it. 
Okay. Yeah, clear written communication skills is very, very important. Well, that's so, really good. Okay. That's yeah, we good. may have applicants that have really strong resumes, um, a rich history in terms of their curriculum vitae or whatever it is. But if their writing sample is just full of typos, grammatical issues that make it incoherent and you can't understand it, they're probably not going to get to join this platform because it's such a text-heavy environment. So that is one of the things that we are looking at when counselors are applying to join the platform. I love it. No, that's good to know. That really is. So, man, I could jump back and forth to the therapist experience and the counselor or the, the client experience. But so with that client experience, you know, do you find, and I, and I, before I forget this one, I love on the ad, it talks about that you also have financial aid available. Yes. And so, sure. I think, you know, I, I think I just mentioned not too long ago that cost financial yeah. status, whatever it is, this is often a barrier for people to seek out mental health services, especially when you're in survival mode, just trying to get through life, probably not going to prioritize spending any of that money that you need for your life's necessities to now go sit and talk about your problems with somebody. Yeah. Um, and so we don't want cost to be the only barrier to somebody. So if somebody is ever having a hard time paying for the subscription cost that we have here, which we do structure to be quite affordable, then they are always welcome to apply for financial aid. We just want to pr- try to make it so that you can ch- still get services if you're not a millionaire. <laughs> okay. I love it. I do. And then even uh, so the when the person's locked on, then I mean, if they don't feel a connection then with their therapist, a uh, mm-hmm. pretty easy process. I mean, I do feel like that in the private sector that can be that can be intimidating for a client. They have to feel like they have to connect uh, in the office or, or with the therapist. So, Absolutely. And you know, the, the changing of counselor process is, I think, hard from every angle, from every perspective, whether you're a client, whether you're the counselor, the counselor that you're being switched on, the counselor that's being fired, whatever it is. Yeah. It's never easy anywhere. I think in offline practice, if someone really doesn't like their therapist, but they have a hard time being direct about that or even bringing it up, they may just, they might just never come back. Yes. Um, so that's one way to easily nip that in the bud and take take care of it, quote unquote. Here at BetterHelp, we also understand that you know people signing up to start learning how to be vulnerable with somebody else, they want to do that with someone that feels good to work with. And so if they find that they're working with someone and it doesn't feel like a good fit for them for whatever reason, um, they are able to change counselors quite easily from their account settings. And they can do that on their own by clicking a few buttons. Um, We have various options in terms of um, allowing people to choose counselors or if they opt for us to choose them for them. We do that based on the information we've gathered about you and the information we've gathered from the counselors about their areas of expertise. And so we have a few different ways to help somebody out if they want, if they're exploring the idea of changing counselors. Okay. Do you guys do couples? I didn't even think about it. Do you do couples therapy? So we, yes, we'd have some affiliate sites that, are basically better help, but in a different skin, right? Um, So one of those sister affiliated sites is called Regain. And so regain.us is the URL for that website. And so couples can sign up for couples counseling. Each individual would have their own unique login. So their own email and password. And then they, when they log in, it's a joint account. So they're in the same messaging page with their partner and the counselor. So now there's three people involved in this thing. So we do couples counseling. We're not quite set up or built for family therapy. Um, We just have these accounts for the couples. We also have another site called teencounseling.com. And this is for, I mean, it's a little bit more like family therapy, but still there's only two logins. So it's not like you can have your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your grandma and grandpa all in the same account. Um, But if you are a teen struggling with something, um, you can get signed up with your parent or guardian. And it's a similar process, but now you have a space to be talking to your counselor online as well. That's nice. That is. Do you find, uh, do you have any, uh, do you have internal data of how long people typically stay or do you find that they stay longer on online therapy versus in out in the wild or? So that data definitely exists. I don't have that data off the top of my head, um, but my anecdotal observations from my day to day (laughs) um, working here, it's across the board again, right? Is we have clients that sign up for a week or two and it could be that they're just dealing with um, an adjustment issue and they need someone to process or help them make a decision about something that's kind of immediate in their lives. But we also have clients that have been on this platform since we came to be in 2013. So I do think that there are counselors that are doing a lot of longer term psychodynamic approaches with their clients, relationship-based, that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think a lot of modern clients of today are educating themselves coming in looking specifically for things like dbt or cbt um short-term solution focused approaches yeah um and so 
whatever you're looking for, you're probably going to be able to find it. And if you can't, we're going to help you try to look for other options for yourself. Let me ask you real quick too. And I don't know about this, so I I could be asking a silly question, but the, you, do you have, um, I believe I was reading that, do you have online training? Is that for therapists or is that for clients? Are there workshops or am I heading down the, uh, uh, a path that is, uh, real? (laughs) So we do have, um, something called groupinars available to subscribers that help. And so groupinars are essentially like psychoeducational groups. Um, so it's not a processing group. It's not group therapy, but it is a psychoeducational group that is being led by one of the counselors on the platform, and they are specific topics. The schedule for the week is always available at the beginning of the week for um, other counselors can participate in these things if they would like to as well. But of course, the focused and targeted group for participants would be the clients that are using this service. Uh Um, So we have topics ranging from like how to be a better, better parent to how to manage anxiety or dating and relationships and... That's awesome. Yeah. And I, th- I think right now each of these group webinars can hold a capacity of a hundred folks. I think most of them, there's the ability for the participants to chat and type with each other. So to my understanding, a lot of the counselors that are facilitating these groups may pose a question and then people can kind of talk about their own experiences or their answer to that particular question. And the value that I see in that, and I'm sure others may echo this too, is just having a sense of community. You know, it's one thing for your counselor who's this one-on-one connection with you to normalize a situation for you, but for you to experience in vivo, all these other people that have said that they've experienced the same exact thing. I think there's something powerful to that. Yeah. I have to tell you, that's uh, uh, me being again, completely open here when I was talking with, uh, with my rep, uh, Jeff, about coming on board as uh, advertising on my podcast, he had mentioned those. And I was like, oh, okay, he's here he is. Check him out. He's asking me to put one of these on. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I might be able to do that. And he's like, no, 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 Tony, we got like 4,500 therapists. Like we're, we're good. You know, and I was, I was like humbled. <laughs> oh, okay. I got you. So, I mean, and is that the numbers right now? I mean, is it how many, how many therapists are on there? How many, uh, how many clients? Oh gosh. Now I wish I had prepared better numbers here. <laughs> I think we do have over 4,000 active counselors that are part yeah. of the platform. When it comes to active subscribers, these clients, um, yeah. I do know that it's like multiple dozens of thousands, wow. <laughs> but I don't know the number off the top of my head right no, now. That's great. Yeah. Um, I think I had heard, I heard in some other pitch business pitch that was done before that over 3 million people have signed up to at least check this out to see what it's about wow. That's great. in terms of how many people are actively using it today. That's I think okay. it's somewhere near the ballpark of some several dozen thousand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, okay, before I let you go too, I'd ask uh, if you have any, any kind of funny stories, I mean, around online therapy, counseling, anything, anything like that. I love this stuff. Sure. We try to make it so that access, access, accessibility, that's like a huge thing to me. And uh-huh. what's so amazing about this is that people don't have to now take time out of their schedule to commute to an office and to be away from whatever it is that life has them doing. And so now what we're finding is, you know, most clients are doing their sessions either from their home or from their work. As long as you just have, you know, you're in a private secure space with a solid internet connection. Having said that, there's a lot of folks out there that have small kids or whatever it is. So some of the funny things we hear and maybe even um, hear about or you know, counselors will talk about is that their client is getting into something and then, you know, you hear their kids screaming in the background, like mom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, that's, that's real life to me. I think that's funny. It's endearing. And it's, it just shows that our clients are human and sometimes you don't get all the chances and opportunity to have 60 minutes a week in very, very private space, but rather we really are meeting our clients where they are in real life. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's something. And you know, if, if, other funny things, like I don't want to get too much into the detail of people that use this service, but, I know, right? you know, I think people can use their imaginations to know if you have this intersection of the internet and kind of the nature of social media, which is just like kind of putting yourself out there through the anonymity of the screen, coupling that with mental health and you're going to just have some very interesting situations that come up. I think some people are even more inclined to get really candid, really fast. Um, That's what I've noticed with some of my clients on this online platform is people really get into things that they may have never brought up in my office because there's like these human features of being ashamed of something or embarrassed or 
feeling like they're going to get judged even by their therapist. And so when somebody's typing it out to someone that they're not looking at or feeling the heat of their eyes, yeah, people just get really, really upfront and honest much faster. It's something that I've experienced and really enjoyed, I think. I think working in this space, yeah, you, you get clients that may never have wanted to set foot into an office for a variety of reasons. I think, you know, something I learned in grad school is that therapists ultimately for a lot of people are seen as people of positions in positions of authority or power. Mm. So that kind of affects the kind of folks that are inclined to look for this kind of support. You know, now we have clients signing up that many of the counselors on the platform have said, I've been in practice for 30 years and I have never experienced some of the people that I've gotten the pleasure of working with here. And I know I'm very scattered right now. And I think that's kind of reflective of the nature of the things that happen on this platform. It's just all over the place. <laughs> well, I can hear that. You know, that back. Well, I'll let you go. I really appreciate your time. I just thought of something. Uh, this is a, a business idea. I'm a bit of an entrepreneur. You guys can have this one. Have you thought about betterhelp.com filters? So, I mean, you've got the, you got the little deer face or you got the little, uh, puppy dog eye. <laughs> I think that would, you know, that could even make people feel more comfortable in this day and age. With, uh, right. I think that that's, it's really funny that you bring that up. And it actually reminds me of a funny story. I can't, okay. I can't remember now what the context was, but I think there was a situation in which a user reached out to us and said the counselor had done something or clicked something on their phone and a photo was sent and the counselor had some kind of dog filter on their face. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, hard, hard to take them serious when they've uh, when they got the little dog nose, maybe. Yeah, yeah. something like that. <laughs> All right, yeah, Sue, Joe, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I uh, I would love to have you back on down the road and uh, just talk about more. Yeah, things I would love to. Okay. I'll start from the cubicle already, <laughs> so we don't run into these snafus again. <laughs> no, this is wonderful. All right, thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. All right, bye bye. Okay, here's one of the things that I really like about the Oxbus recording platform. It tells me, Tony, record an outro. And this always kind of reminds me of the what did we learn today part of any kids TV episodes of the 70s or the 80s. So hopefully you did learn something about the world of online therapy. And if you are interested in checking out BetterHelp.com, please go to BetterHelp.com slash virtual couch because you'll get 10% off your first months of service. And it does help a little bit with covering the cost of recording and producing the podcast. And please remember that the virtual couch is not a replacement for professional counseling. And I would be forever grateful if you, uh, if there's something that you heard today that you like, if you could share the show with a friend who you think might benefit from today's topic. And on that note, um, if you do like the show, please take a quick moment to subscribe, rate, review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help more people find the podcast. Feel free to contact me at contact at tonyoverbay.com if you have questions or a topic that you think would make a good podcast or if you're interested in having me come speak to your group, company, organization, or congregation about any of the topics that you have heard on the show. And with that said, I will see you next time on The Virtual Couch.